Mike, it's always great to have you here, especially in times where things are starting to get a little bit interesting again. It's been up, up and away the last month thanks to a big tech push in the NASDAQ. How are you viewing the market dynamics right now, especially after we saw yields dive as the NASDAQ was rallying? What does that set us up for? Well, I think what's interesting here, Oliver, is that you have a bit of peak economic data, peak earnings data. And so for me, kind of looking at some of the trading volumes of late, they've been a little lighter than usual. And I think it is hard for markets to continue to rally if we're at peak levels on economic data and earnings. No, I'm not saying we're at peak earnings, but earnings have been good. And so I think investors are searching for that catalyst as to what's next to drive this market higher, particularly at a time when we're sitting near or at all-time highs, valuations are pretty stretched, and credit spreads just reached their lowest point uh, really since the global financial crisis had started. So there's a lot of good news already reflected in prices. And I think this little cautious kind of approach to start the week suggests to me that investors are looking for what could be that next catalyst to move stocks higher. Mike, do you think that we need one at this point? Do we need something? It sounds like you do to basically kind of justify how far we've come. Well, I think a lot's already priced in. I think the economic and earnings rebound is priced in. I think the end of the pandemic is priced in. And certainly a lot of the fiscal and monetary policy for as far as the eye can see, that's all priced into markets right now. So I do think that investors, we heard all last year, when things were challenging, folks were scratching their heads saying, how can the markets be rallying so strongly? We all kept you know, replying, well, it's a forward-looking mechanism. Well, what it's looking forward to now is that fiscal policy may fade by kind of 2022. Monetary policy, despite what the Fed says, might have to be addressed. And you could start to see that some of these challenges could start to already begin to weigh on investors' minds. Mike, what about the data that we saw last week? How can the state of the recovery, the duration of the impulse from this recovery be fully understood if we are still blasting through economists' expectations? I mean, you know, we had seen that economic surprise curve start to go back lower as economists did up their expectations. But then last week, oddly enough, amid a Treasury rally, but the data was just still so far above. Should that not think that we're going to then be projected by that data farther than folks might already have baked into their GDP estimates, et cetera? But the data is red hot. One of the things we continue to see is that investors compare this recovery from the pandemic lows a little more than a year ago to periods like 1982 to like 2009. And one of the things that's interesting, Oliver, is after kind of 82, in an 83 to 84 stretch, not the full time, but during a stretch in that period, you had red hot economic data, red hot earnings data, and markets kind of consolidated. So you kind of wonder, could we be in a little bit of that period now, particularly at a time when we know seasonals are challenging in terms of the kind of sell in May and go away kind of mantra. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is um, you know doom and gloom, Markets during those periods grinded higher. It's just the fact that we've come so far, so fast, so big, that you almost need to expect some consolidation period, even if the economic data, earnings data continue to be on fire. 
What is the risk of consolidation turning to downtrend, Mike? What is the probability? What would be the mechanism? I give it very low probability. That's why I'm not um, too concerned with this. I think the mechanism for market concern is an unexpected pickup in real interest rates, rates above inflation. And uh, we just really haven't seen that uh, much at all. Towards the end of 2018 was really the only time since the global financial crisis that we saw a positive real interest rate. It was minuscule. Uh, it set um, volatility higher, credit spreads wire, um, higher markets were on edge. And the Fed quickly backed down. By the summer of 2019, they were cutting rates again. So the Fed is going to keep rates uh, pretty low. So to me, an unexpected move in real interest rates could be the mechanism to uncover some real challenges underlying the markets. I just don't see it any time kind of in 2021. It all comes down to rates at the end of the day still, mm -hmm. it seems. Mike, some of the groups of the market that look the most susceptible just by judging what happened in February to March and then just kind of using just general market logic, if we think about the stock market and the riskier parts of the high valuation cohort of the market being that exposed, to rates. Some of these, I look at uh, uh, funds like ARC. I look at funds uh, that track these moonshot companies and, and they're in uh, or at the brink of bear market right now. And that's uh, even continued as yields stabilized. What does it mean that some of those frothy names are already creating trends lower? Uh, once trends generally start, investors don't really want to fight it. Is there a potential for those extreme areas to uh, kind of be a bit of a preview for what could happen for uh, other expensive companies? Potentially. I mean, I think what's happening there in some of these uh, hot segments of the market is overall healthy. So we're seeing some profit taking in some stocks that have done incredibly well over the last year. And I think that's healthy for investors to do. Now, what is kind of interesting, Oliver, is underlying this is that utilities have started to act a little better. Healthcare started to act a little better. So what's been kind of interesting is that, you know, it's all been about cyclical value sectors recovering as the economy recovers, as inflation picks up, and the growth sectors, technology, consumer discretionary, communication services, those types of things. What's been lost in the shuffle is some of the defensives uh, that ha have kind of really been the laggards. Well, in the last week or so, they've started to tick up and so this is something I'm keeping an eye on to see, is this an early indicator that uh, you know defensive positioning starting to pick up in advance of a correction? Mm. Now again, I'm not calling, I'm not saying that's what's likely to happen, but it is kind of an interesting trend under the surface that some defensive sectors that have been laggards are starting to pick up some momentum here at the expense of some of the hot sectors that you mentioned.